Okay, with Sarah Viennese of Isle of Rum is the feature film. Really played at the documentary film festival. Really interesting film. Uh, give people a background. It's a remote Scottish island, and there's 37 people living on that island. And you kind of made a film about the inhabitants and how the island functions, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, um, basically, it's a horrible word to say because, you know, every time anyone hears, hears the word pandemic, they kind of like shrink at this point in time. But during <laughs> the pandemic, um, I had this idea that um, we all were looking for more connection while also being incredibly afraid and disdainful really, of, of the rest of the world. Um, and uh, so looking at this little island, I was just thinking this has everything that everyone in this situation would want, like people you have to rely on and deal with every day that just drop by for breakfast or whatever. Yeah. And then still like hours and sometimes impossible distance mm -hmm. of weather away from the world. Did this give people a backstory? Did anybody on the island uh, get COVID? None of them, actually. So it was a good place to be. It would have been a perfect place to be, yeah, for that. You weren't, mm -hmm. it was nearly impossible, I think, to get there during COVID because mm -hmm. the Scottish government was being very particular about not dragging sure. things around. Yeah. So quite smart, really. Um, but also, obviously, very isolating and incredibly scary for an island that basically relies on people coming by and, and you know, in the yachts or on the ferries um, and being completely cut off from the world. Okay, so where did you first find out? Where did you first hear about or where did you first uh, attend this island? I randomly heard about it um, from a colleague who uh, was trying to film in Scotland and had wanted to do the Isle of Rum as well, but could not, for the love of God, get anyone there to respond <laughs> to any sure. emails, any phone calls. And in desperation, he was like, you're lucky, you try it. And I tried for like two straight days, finally called a bunch of islands around and go like, does anybody know anyone on this island? And how do I get in touch with them? And they were like, the only one who might respond at all is the harbor master, Dave. And that's how I met Dave and uh, stayed in contact with him. And then- David Beaton, right? The, the first yes. character of your film, okay, yeah. Exactly. Uh, the face that greets everyone that gets there, basically. Um, and um, so when I found out about the four houses that they built there, and again, the pandemic thing, I was thinking that we all needed a film that made us feel happier. <laughs> uh, not necessarily very excited or or like, you know, um, a masterpiece of uh, mm -hmm. cineastic, uh, like, arc building, but yeah. just something that was happy. I kind of thought of the island, and then... Um, I had to go up there for four days to see if they would actually allow me to film because they can be very, very taciturn and very unhappy um, if you do anything they don't want. Oh, yeah, well, I guess it's territorial, right? They're, they want to make sure that nobody's exploiting their, their island, I guess, right? Yes, and also I, there's a couple of people there that um, just literally went there to get away from the world. Yeah. and you follow them with cameras, it is incredibly intrusive. So sure. you have to like be respectful of the people. And in order mm -hmm. to be making a truthful documentary, you also have to show what what you see. So uh, you're always in that kind of weird middle degree of, of not being a dick and then also being honest. Yeah, and at the same time, there's subjects. So you, you wanna make sure that they're happy with the product as, as well. You don't want to offend them, I guess, right? 
Oh, absolutely. There was definitely, for example, one person there that did not want to be anywhere, even in the background. Um, and with such a small island and such a small group of people, uh, any kind of event or, or grouping of them together was making it slightly difficult to go, oh, no, he's there. Like, we cannot film this now. One person who seemed to like the camera was Dave. You mentioned David Beaton, who you start the film with his, he's singing, like he's on this guitar and he's acoustic guitar and he's, He's riffing, I guess, right? So he seemed to be like, hey, this is me. This is my talent. This is who I am. I guess he didn't have a problem with it. He is genuinely one of the <clears throat> most um, just comfortable in his own <clears throat> skin people I have ever met. Um, you could pretty much just keep a camera on him all day yeah. long. And uh, he is he is something like, uh, you know, jackass rolled into one with a philosopher and, and, and an artist all in one go you never know which way it's going to turn out so um yeah and then keeping my team um as adults was quite difficult under his influence because we ended up with them just kind of going out on boats and playing with the dog and i'm just like on on land going we have filming to do so was who is okay so you said you mentioned your team so it's you your dp was it a sound sound person as well Actually, uh, it's quite a fun thing. Um, our producer comes as a sound person along because Perfect. he loves these documentaries so much. And he normally does these big productions. And then it's this weird situation where technically, because he's the producer, he's my boss. But yeah. since I'm the director and he's my sound guy, I'm his boss. And it gets very, very... It depends on the dynamic, right? Like sometimes he's your boss, sometimes you're his boss, I guess, right? I think we should possibly do something like a flag and go, whose turn is it now? <laughs> and then so then he, your producer then and then you have a dp as well i guess right yes we do uh an amazing guy frank, frank. um it was frank becht and it was the second time we shot together the, actually the three of us and originally we kept this team very small for a different shoot which was in africa and um i originally wanted to be respectful of the three uh women that i was filming there and I just thought these two white guys are already going to stand out quite strongly. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want them to be self-conscious. And I really needn't worry because they were, nothing could have made them self-conscious. But the combination worked. And so we brought it along with us to the Scottish Island as well. Gotcha. Okay, so what was the process then? Did you, okay, you're going to make a film, going to make a feature film about this island. What is your, what do you do? Do you like, you know, some of the characters are going to be, I'm sure you've edited it a little bit. Did you write a script? Like, okay, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. This is what, who I'm going to film. Or like, was it a combination of like, or like is a combination of like, I'm just going to verte it, cinema verte it, and like, just kind of like grab footage and figure it out in editing. Um, so when I went there for the four days to kind of recce the place and yeah. the people, of course, um, I got an idea what the topics were uh, that made this island special and that made my three protagonists um, kind of tick. Um, and so I make, I, when I go into the story, I make a list of all of the different kind of things I would love to see um, and that are possible in the time frame that we are there because obviously uh, smaller budget films you can't forever shoot as well. Yeah. Um, so you have to be a little bit realistic about what you can really do. Um, and then once we get there, pretty much, I just try to work within what people are doing anyway. And no, I do not write a script because I think that's quite 
that kind of ruins the whole thing. I am a complete control freak. This is my personal nightmare. I have to like run after other people and see what they they bring to the table and what I'm allowed to kind of get. <laughs> but I think the whole point is that you make your protagonists want to be part of this and you 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 try to persuade them to let you in and then let people in that are going to watch this whole thing. Um, and so far, you know, knock on wood, so far they've always done that. Um, and we've always been able to get all of the things that we need to get. Uh, the only thing that are always um, predetermined are two interviews, one at the beginning, one at the end. Okay, so then thematically then, so what are you trying to say? Like when you're, before you start shooting, what is your kind of spine? What do you think, like what is community, like about what are you trying, what do you want to say in the film? I wanted to show, I think what Dave says in, in, in towards the end is that they are a community and not a cult and that people of very different ways can coexist and, and do wonderfully. And I wanted to show a different way of living richly if you want like with with if you look at dave's life i think at the beginning he says you know i i live in a in a trailer with a grandfather clock and striped pajamas um and of course i am <laughs> you know yeah. and he is and they all are in very different ways uh none of them have been born on the island so something drags them there something keeps them there they all want to they have to petition to be buried there so um they all want to remain on that island and I think that's just like the the everyday magic. And I wanted to slow everything down a little bit also in the film. I didn't want to pack it so people have to like constantly look at things, but I wanted to give people the time to just kind of calm down during watching yeah. this film, <clears throat> um, which obviously could have totally backfired. Um, but that's what I was thinking about when I was shooting. Like, <clears throat> where do I want to? Why do I want to make the points? And also, I didn't want to make it idyllic because you you can see that there are wounds, there are scars in the people and there are scars on the island from, you know, people being shipped off forcefully and, and um, you know, what made these people come there as well. So I, I, I just wanted to, like, offer a, a different viewpoint of, of, of a lifestyle that has its drawbacks but also has so many things to offer. You could have framed it, like, I think you, you framed it well, like, where it was, it's a very balanced film, but the way you described it, it's like you could have gone a little bit political, could have got into the, the minutiae of who these people are and, like, what their ideology is. But you really didn't go there. You kind of just showed the island, I guess. Did you have like a con? Was that like a conscious decision of yours? Oh yeah, absolutely. And in, in order for the my protagonists to kind of open up, I actually do have a lot of conversations with them, and uh, we could have gone in very different ways as mm -hmm. well. For example, uh, uh, quite a few people were like, "Why didn't you go into the castle? There's so many things there, like that you could have done." Yeah, um, it is something. It is a question that I I, I had as well because it's like you showed it, and it's like, what's this? Is this just oh yeah, and story? and it's a crazy story. Honestly, like yeah. they used to, I think, uh, um, um, yeah, like we say it in the film as well. Like they used to like bring boatloads of male, female, and children prostitutes over for parties. So you can imagine they used to shoot on people that would land on the island because it was their like private like party house. Party yeah, awesome. yeah, considering like, um, news stories in the last twenty years about private islands of prostitution, um, <laughs> I don't. You maybe I don't know. Maybe there's another movie there. Who knows. Oh, I'm pretty sure there is. And I think that whoever's going to do it, similarly to the guys doing rum on rum, uh, which is a great idea. Everyone had it, but only one person, like one group of people did it. Um, I think doing a story on the castle and 
all its eccentricities is, is going to be brilliant. <laughs> but I just wanted to, I wanted to show the nuances, but I didn't want to kind of explain and go here, this is what it is. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I hope that we kind of did that. We, we showed what is there and what is possible without pushing it down everyone's throat. Because how long, when you were shooting, how many days were you there for? We were there for two weeks and we were shooting for 10 days. Uh, there were a couple of days we didn't shoot because um, the, the island is genuinely like an organism. Like if something disturbs one person, it disturbs the entire island. And in order for us to be respectful, there were a couple of days we just didn't shoot. And also um, just sometimes shooting something took an entire day where in normal circumstances it would take two hours. So tell me about, because the way, even the way you directed it is like everything, you're kind of like swooping into everything. You're kind of like long shot moving in some, I'm assuming some drone shots in the outside, but even inside, even inside, when you go inside the people's places, you're always kind of moving in, you're kind of sweep, swooping into our, into the establishments, I guess. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's always movement. It's, it. It is very different. I will at some point have to show you my other film. It is very different because it was informed by the way the people are there. Um, you think they're not doing anything, but each one there is having like two or three different jobs and there's always movement. Uh, there's like a deceptive calm to the whole place, um, which is absolutely underlined that no one on that island has ever learned the word punctual, <laughs> like oh, at all. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. It is absolutely driving you crazy where you're like, oh, so we were going to, oh, so no one's here. Oh, five hours later. Great. Um, but there, I always wanted to have both uh, a richness of the of the pictures, but also um, a movement to each, each single shot. And um, because Frank and I have worked together before, we had the possibility to kind of go over what kind of language we wanted to use for, for the mm -hmm. film as well. Yeah, no, there's some really amazing uh, shots in there. It's like a very cinematic kind of like vibe. Uh, just to jump on what you were saying about, because um, like, so Frank, for example, uh, if he doesn't deliver the product, right, does the play, like, you know what I mean? It's sort of like you said, like, it's kind of like a machine, right? Is there a contingency for everybody who doesn't do their job? I'm curious, like, what? because when he was delivering, he was putting the product on the on the truck and he was like, and it was like, what happens if he's sick or what happens if something unfortunately happens to him? Like what happens to that, to that, who takes over that, his job? Well, actually this has happened. Um, it was also something I was contemplating, but I didn't want to put it in the film because I felt that it was going to distract. Mm -hmm. um, Dave actually had cancer a few years before um, and uh, the others in on the island pulled together one friend particularly who didn't want to be on on camera yeah. um who literally did his job for an entire year while um dave was going through um through chemo and so, so i'm assuming he has to go off the island to do his treatment no they have an they have a nurse that comes uh twice uh twice no every every two weeks yeah every two weeks uh, on thursdays to the island. Um, I don't know exactly how the minutia was of, of how he was getting his treatment, but he di didn't go off island, but he was, not, of course, uh, not capable of doing his very physical job. 
Yeah, so it seems like there's a lot, there's like, it's almost like a, it could be a series in this island, I guess, right? Oh, each one of them, actually, each one of them uh, has like this whole universe. And, and there's, there's, uh, there was one guy, I would have loved to put him in the film, but I felt it was a bit exploitative. There's one guy there, um, and he, uh, he has Tourette's, and he's, he looks like a, like a Gandalf, if you want, and he uh, is like beloved by all of the people on the island. And he um, he just sings and whistles the whole time. And when he went off island, everyone was a bit sadder. And then he yeah. came back a week later, and everyone was happier again. Um, it was it was very interesting to see. It is this is the funny that you just mentioned that because it's like I was going to ask that question about about like di di dynamics. It's sort of like like say my my daughter's at at school. She's in grade one. And it's like, it's like, there's like dynamic of the 20 kids. And if one of them leaves the room, one of them leaves the classroom, then sometimes positive, sometimes negative, that the, the whole dynamic of the room changes because it's like, they're all have their own energies. Right. And like, not the, um, they're, it's like, but you also know too, like even on film crews, we're like, there's just a, a negative person or just somebody who doesn't fit to be part doesn't fit into the dynamic of of the crew i guess right so it must be the same way in the island where like someone just needs to be voted off the island perhaps because they just don't fit into the the whole chemistry of the island you know what i mean oh yeah um they they told me and this was one of the days where we couldn't film because everyone was so upset they told me that there had been someone who uh made everyone there feel unsafe um yeah and, exactly yeah um, they oh, tried all their best to get him off the island and are very particular about who is allowed to move to the island again because again it totally changes the dynamic 100%. and um it's very what i found incredibly interesting because um for someone who's not ever lived in small places it always seems to me like very odd the dynamics between people but they were very particular about the island mentality not being a small village mentality mm -hmm. and i noticed this myself they have incredibly strong boundaries about personal information and relationships amongst each other and even just after a few days I realized just from talking to people and obviously talking differently to people when you interview them and when you you know try to find out mm -hmm. things um, I found out so many things that they didn't know about each other even though they had lived literally in each other's pockets yeah. for years mm -hmm. um, because it is important to leave uh, like a private sphere around each yeah. other person even when you depend on each other for survival that makes that makes total sense to me. It's like it's like every really key relationship is boundaries and expectations, right? And so that's you know what I mean. Like a lot of people tell you too much too quickly, or <laughs> and it, it just it it breaks up the, the dynamic of and then that what you just described makes total sense. It's like there's a nice psychology going on in this island with all the characters, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely, um, and it. It was a lesson in in calming down for myself as well. So um, in the film, you can see uh, Dave cooks breakfast, amazing breakfast yeah. for everyone on the island every Sunday. Um, and he starts, I think, like early in the morning before he goes to the ferry and then continues. And then people show up or don't show up. And I mean, imagine how you would feel if you made something for your friends and they just wouldn't show up because they're just not feeling like it. Yeah. It's completely normal for them. It's like everybody does as they feel in the moment. And if they miss a couple of them, then maybe people check yeah. up because mental health is a, a big concern, especially when you live so distant from everyone else. But there is a personal freedom there that I don't think in 
my city relationships I have experienced. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's, it, but the other interesting thing is that food is such an important part of society, of community in so many ways, right? It's ridiculous. They eat the entire time. They just eat the entire time. But it's like think of our cultures, right? Food is such a big part of whatever, how we're raised and we're brought up, I guess, too, right? It's, um, I, I think the love language, right? It's a relationship yeah. language more than even love language. I think it's a, it's a showing that I care and then, uh, you know, someone coming there and, and appreciating and being allowed to show care to, I think, is also a big thing. Yeah, it, it, the, the, you, you know, so you go back to the castle again. So I'm just so like, who lives in this castle? Like, it's so gigantic, like like 100 people can live in there. Yeah, I mean, uh, apparently, and this is a rumor that everyone keeps telling me, uh, you can buy the castle for like one pound, but then you would have to keep it up, which I'm thinking yeah. is pretty, pretty expensive. But it's it's actually quite legendary. I think it's the second place in Scotland that actually had electricity. How often did I say the word actually in this sentence? Well, so <laughs> it was the second place in Scotland that had electricity. And imagine that on a castle on a different, on a very, very distant island. Um, imagine the money it would have taken and the influence. But the people like are, are they like can some you just mentioned the one pound but can can some multimillionaire just like buy it and just like go there and just like and, and so be to be like a like a celebrity or somebody just to get away from yeah yes they absolutely could and also something I didn't include because we just you know you're limited in time and yeah. once you open something up you have to then answer it in the rest of the documentary basic storytelling but there's like so many yachts that stop over there it is it is quite funny the extremes of of people that like have to somehow survive the winter and then people who just kind of yacht past yeah it is also the interesting thing too is like it's almost like a day in the life of of uh dave right so and, and, and so basically you see what he's doing his job his, his child and then like he's like fishing and was it the eels that come out of the cage? Is that an eel? That's a huge eel. Yeah. It was really, really yeah. humongous. And then he had to let him go. And he was like, uh, be very <clears throat> careful. They bite through boots. I'm like, this is all way too real for me. Yeah, exactly. But then, so he's getting the lobster. So, But at the same time, like the, the rest of the world, it's not like like because they're bringing in product. They're bringing out, you see Coke and you see like, you see the mainstream kind of like Western world coming in to the island. But so it's like, it's like a balance of like them, you know, creating their own, like their own uh, like plants and their own kind of like fishing. But at the same time, the world is still present with, you know what I mean? It's almost like a balance, I guess, in a sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. The world is definitely out there. And I think, um, I think it's also, in the film briefly like that desire to go and be part of the world but as soon as you're they call it mainland but as soon as you're on the mainland you just want to go home you're like you're missing your home yeah. so there's there is that perpetual feeling of uh, like it may be a nostalgic feeling for what is happening over there but then your real life is here and it's always going to be here and yeah. and i think um the very fact that you have to you, you have to value everything that comes from the outside world as well. So every single person there has some sort of a scrapyard uh, in their house because anything that breaks, you're going to go like, oh, I don't have that nail or I don't have this piece. 
you can't just get it. You have to wait for weeks. Sometimes yeah. it won't even get delivered to the island. And then sometimes they don't put it on the ferry because it takes up too much space. So everything is valuable because it's a resource. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such an interesting film in so many ways. And they, it's the, you show the clubhouse as well. And they, you, you kind of alluded that they kind of have a quick shot. Is that roller skates that they have? Everybody's got roller yes, skates? I really wanted them to do a roller skating evening for me. But apparently that happens only in winter uh, when they're locked winter. up. Yeah. I'm assuming inside, right? Yes. Maybe. Okay, okay. Because they, they have nothing to do. Nothing so to all do. they've got is each other hanging out. And mm-hmm. they come like, you know, with their blankets and they hang out there and roller skate and then go... But I just love the thought of of all of these wonderful eccentric people roller skating the hell out of that small space. So the 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 I can talk to you about this because I thought I find the film so fascinating. But I'm just curious about the time, fifty two minutes. Like, was it always going to be under an hour? Like, why fifty two minutes? Like, I'm just curious about. Oh, that's just predetermined because we were doing a, a, a version of this originally for Arte, which is the German French cultural station. Okay. Get it all, and they do 43 minutes. Okay. And so um, I obviously had in my mind something that was going to just be how I wanted it rather than, you know, the certain adaptations you have to do when you do it for a TV station. Um, and so it became 53 minutes as a, as a length that it kind of worked for. I, I definitely could have done longer. Um, yeah. The cameraman, the DOP, Frank, he literally uh, petitioned that we go back and do a winter edition. Yeah, you should. I, but it's funny. I had it in my notes. That was my next question because it's it, because it's Scotland. So it must be so everything's different, right? It's the exact opposite of what we saw in the film. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And you're less in danger of being run over by a rampant uh, stag or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the other characters. Who's the, the who's the young guy who uh, who's got the fire? Uh huh. You know what? I can't remember names so badly. So oh, that's sorry. Fergus. Fergus. <laughs> yeah. He, he's a whole film himself. That that young chap. Oh, honestly, I I was talking to him, and I was like, uh, if I was your age, I would not be so put together. It is ridiculous yeah. how that man just knows what he's doing. <laughs> Because he's not away. He's away from the noise. He's away from the nonsense, right? Like uh, I'm just. It's a. It's like a idealistic kind of like. It's not that simple. But when you're not on the internet all the time, and you're not, you're not within within the people, you kind of find more of who you are, I guess, right? So. Well, he um he's not from the island, so he literally sailed past the island with friends, and they, uh, was explaining to them, you know, this is rum, <laughs> um, and he they had this idea you know let's create rum from rum um and for some reason they actually did it um and i want to point out that the rum is ridiculously good yeah um and i'm not saying that because i'm trying to get more rum out of him but i totally would take more rum if i could (laughs) but um he he is in this really beautiful position where he lives on the mainland but he gets to go to the island all the time yeah um, which I, I think is enviable because you can be straddling both worlds, basically. Well, the question is, is like as myself, I'm like, I gotta, I have to. I, there's gotta be girls on the island, like, <laughs> like. I think he has plenty of girls uh, on the mainland, or maybe just one girl on okay. the mainland. I don't, I don't that know. That was the question. Was like, there. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, like, like whatever girls, boys. But it was like you need to have that kind of intimacy. You need to have that. 
right? If there's I, nobody I, there. I don't, know, I don't know how far you want to push this, but um, I just want to point out that uh, I think quite a lot of them have regular people who come to the island. Um, oh, conjugal visits? Definitely a question of uh, don't ask, don't tell. Exactly. So that's what I mean. It's such an interesting thing. It's like, because you need that, right? So you need that, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just and then you uh, don't want to strike up. A, you don't want to have, have like uh, friend sex with one of the people because that never works out, right? And then all of a sudden the dynamic shifts on the island, right? Honestly, I I wouldn't put it past them. I didn't <laughs> want to ask too many questions of who yeah. had with whom, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that's been tried and tested as well. Gotcha. One last question for you is: What did you think about the audience, the North American audience feedback video that we sent you? I absolutely loved it, most of it, uh, <laughs> because I thought that it was wonderful that what I was hoping for actually happened, that everyone kind of found different things in the film for themselves, yeah. which was the whole goal. I wanted to give people something that would make them feel better. Um, when I applied to the to the festival, um, I think my first line on, in, in the application was, um, give me 53 minutes of your life and I'll give you mild happiness. <laughs> Well, you gave us more than mild happiness, but yeah, it's a good pitch. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not. Uh, hey, this is the best thing you've ever seen. But I think it's. Uh, I actually screened it um, for a bunch of friends in London, and um, I got a lot of texts going. Can I please have a link to this film because I want to make it my sleeping film? Yeah, um, which I think weirdly is quite a compliment. Even though you can take it a different way as well. It's a fantastic film. We're so glad that you uh, showed it to our, thank you for your time. And uh, hopefully we can show more of your films. You're such a great filmmaker. And Frank, your DP, like just from, from a visual perspective, the film's a must see, but then you tell a nicely concise story as well. So hopefully we can talk again and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for taking the time. It was a lot of fun. One, two, three, four, five.